0: praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And he believes he does. Well, tonight was um, supposed to be our last Wednesday night here at Happy Valley Church. We wasn't sure where we was going to be next Wednesday night. But wouldn't you know it? The Lord worked it out where we're going to be here Wednesday and Sunday through the end of
1: September. The people who bought the church agreed to let us do it. I'm so, so grateful been sweating bullets i'll tell you i thought we might have to go back to the old dan daisley days and brother green of over in our pavilion some of y'all used to go to those meetings years ago when they had the shavings on the concrete and all that when they have to do it in the pavilion but lord made a way for us that's just like jesus in him he helps us in, in the time of our time of our needs uh, let's turn in the scripture tonight if you would to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. While you're turning there,
0: many of you may know it, and some of you may know it, but Sister Caroline Bailey has been diagnosed
1: with Hodgkin's and they're saying that it's in the third stage, could possibly be in her spleen,
0: maybe in some abdominal lymph nodes,
1: and uh, did an echo and pulmonary test and things like that <clears throat> to be able to see about her heart and her lungs. So, Lord willing, tomorrow she'll be starting her first treatment. And we want to take our sister on our hearts. I'm sure those of you that already know about it have already been doing that. There's nothing too hard for our God. That yeah, right, Sister Becky? That's right that right brother keith That's right. our god is a miracle working god Amen. so we want you to remember remember our sister also remember michael and yodi and her sister because it's hard on a family to watch a loved one go through those things too so we certainly want to remember them. first corinthians chapter 11 verse 23
0: for i have received a of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Now before I go on reading this I want you to notice this this is so wonderful to me. Paul is fixing to express something that no one else in the New Testament said and I want you to notice how that Paul contributes the authorship of where this comes from. For I have received from the Lord. Now for those people who feel like that a New Testament prophet has to have a scripture to back up what he said, you're going to be choked to death on this scripture. Because Paul received this revelation directly from the Lord Jesus. Matthew, Mark, Luke, nor John said and recorded what Paul is fixing to say. Well, praise the Lord. I thought y'all would be happy about that. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for
1: you. This do in remembrance of me. Now, I look at any of the accounts that you want to in, in the four gospels and none of them say it quite this way. But they didn't have to. This prophet received it directly from the Lord Jesus. Amen. After the same manner also, he took the cup.
0: When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do shew the lord's death till he come this must have been so important to the lord jesus now you know for infidels agnostics and people like that they take the four gospels and they they love to take each miracle and they love to compare what matthew said to mark said to what luke said to what john said so, John would say there's two blind men, Matthew and Mark, said there was one. One of them would say scarlet, the other one would say purple. One would say that he tasted of the, the bitter herbs or the vinegar, and the other one said he didn't taste of it. So they love to compare them scriptures back and forth, and it'd be like all of us seeing the exact same thing, and we'd say, write down what you saw. It would be amazing what things we would all write down. But this, God wanted this to be so accurate. That it was a direct revelation. Communion must be an important thing to God. I mean,' like to
1: be remembered tonight as we pray. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. Lord, I just can't express my appreciation for this church that this is their property, and yet they've agreed to let us be able to have it for our Wednesday nights again, and we thank you. We ask you, Lord, that you'd bless them, Father, for that.
0: Heavenly Father, we come tonight, Lord, for this special time. And Lord Jesus, it's a special time, of course, each time we come, but there's just something about
1: us meeting at your table. We pray tonight that you'd take your word and break the bread of life to us in the name of the Lord Jesus. And this saint said,
0: God bless you. You may be seated. I want to speak to you tonight on... Remembering the Lord. Remembering the Lord. Let me kind of give you a a foundation of where the direction that I want to look at. Brother Brem says we believe what we call the communion is taking of the bread. We place the wrong, the wrong. And he says we place the right thing in the wrong place. It isn't the bread that matters. It isn't the wine. Notice this now. The bread, the kosher bread and the wine. But the thing that it is, is communion means to talk to. Communion means to talk to. And in talking to him, remembering him, I think It's the most blessed time of the services. See, every hour of our life ought to be a communion. Every hour of our life ought to be a communion. I pray this little service tonight will change every one of us to help us to see what he wants it to be. Now think, every hour of our life ought to be a communion. A communion with the Lord is like an oasis in a desert. It's like the spring underneath the pond that where the traveler coming by stops, that where the traveler coming by stops and drinks the water till he quenches his thirst. That's remembering the Lord. Wow. So that's remembering the Lord. When we gather together in a special service like tonight and we remember the bread and we remember the wine, but yet in reality the Lord Jesus wants us to be doing the spiritual aspect of communion every hour of our life then when we do that, we are actually remembering the Lord. Now, memory is a a good thing. I'm sure you're like I am, that you have things in your memory you wish to God you could get rid of. And thank God the change will come and take all those bad memories out of our mind. But still, memory is a good thing. We'd be hurting tonight if it wasn't for memory, would not it? Uh, you know, as you get older and you can't remember where you put your keys and then you thought that was bad, then you can't remember where you put your car. And then you can't remember where you put your wife or your kids, if you even have kids yet. So, memory, memory is, is a great thing. But yet, to remember the Lord... It's not just in the natural sense, but the spiritual sense. I love the way that Brother Branham likens this in that communion with the Lord is like an oasis in the desert. I believe we're there in these deserts of the end time. Now he says, then when we go to drinking of that fountain which is beneath the pond, This is a marvel to me. So the fountain that is beneath the pond is where the real believer gets the freshness of the bubbling essence of the presence of God. Not to drink out of just the pond itself. All of us have seen ponds, and we know that ponds can be green, they can be stagnant, they can have wiggle tails and all kinds of things. Men, Harry used to swim in an old pond years ago whenever we was boys. There was a guy that had a farm not too far from us and his name was Rector and that was a great big old pond and we called it Rector's Pond. And he had a bunch of cattle and pigs and whatever more out there and we'd have to wade way out into that pond to be able to get in water deep enough to swim in. Now it was never clear but it was always filthy and dirty and we would be in mud and you'd go... Some of y'all been there and done that, eh? except, except not in rectors. And we finally would get out there, and then you'd have all kinds of things that would barb you and stick you on your legs. And oh, oh, what, ah. so, I, I mean, we must have been crazy. We wanted to swim so bad. But what for a real believer? They have a fountain that is not but they have living water. Amen. Amen. That's what we live on, is it not? Now, I want you to notice how Brother Brennan picks this up, and he says, that's remembering the Lord, coming by the order of his table, where the passing pilgrim, that's sojourning on earth with us together, that can come by his table... Notice this, come by his table and there drink of the blessings and of the grace and of his word and fellowship around the word until our thirsty souls are satisfied. Then we leave the place of worship refreshed, satisfied, going out to meet the desert's problems again the desert's problems again oh it ain't no wonder the devil don't want us to have church it's no wonder that Satan hates the real people of God that are able to come together and have real presence of God real word of God real move of God real power of God because what does it do it satisfies that thirst in our soul and it empowers us to be able to leave him and go back out in the desert with the desert's problems. How many's had desert problems this week? Well I hate to be a bearer of bad news but if you live tomorrow you'll probably have more. And Friday and Saturday and Sunday and on and on and on. But God has made a way for us to where that we can be refreshed in his presence. Let me read this again. That when we leave the place of worship refreshed satisfied going out to meet the desert's problems again and the problems of life's desert yes an oasis in the desert refreshed ourselves. So God has made a way then that we would be able to in this desert be able to be refreshed in our walk with God. A renewing in our fellowship with one another. This is why we sing. We know the prophet has taught us that they would sing before war and the songs would help prepare them and they would get anointed with the spirit of song and then they would go forth with the word. And that's the way we do when we come to the house of God. And it refreshes us. We've been battling sickness and battling despair and battling all types of different things. And when we go to singing and worshiping and something begins to live within our spirit then we make the way for the word to be preached. And then what was it when they begin to cross over into the land of the possession of the Israelites coming into the land of Canaan and God sent forth the trumpets and he sent forth the of of the ark, and whenever the priests come and set their feet down into the water, and the Spirit of God moved upon the water and rolled it back to where they could go across. As long as the men of God stood in the middle of the water with the word, the Spirit of God was there to help them cross over. It's the same way today. And you realize that the prophet, when he went to laying this out, and it's really unusual, because this is not actually a communion service when he preaches this. But it's a preaching service after that had communion like the week before. Now he says it's that way with every true worshiper that they long to get together. How many long to get together with the saints of God? They long to get together. There's something about the fellowship that's divine. It's ordered of God. Well, that lets us know why the devil hates it so bad. It's ordered of God and it's holy, sacred, and the righteous are thirsting for it. Oh, don't you remember, friends, whenever we was going through the terrible time of COVID and we couldn't get together and all of y'all had to stream and me and the brothers and, and, and some of the deacons was able to be here, my goodness, how I longed to see you all. Y'all might not long to see me, but I sure did long to see you. And how you longed to see one another and God brought us through that terrible, terrible time, did he not, and by his grace let us come together again, all oh, thanking for that. Now notice the prophet said when the church means so much to, to thirst to get into his presence, it's a life-giving resource, no devil, can ever overtake you. Even death itself is defeated. Oh, what a hope, what a place. Refresh yourself in doing so. Remembering Christ was the one who made it possible for us. Now remember what we're talking about briefly is remembering the Lord. So I'm sure that every one of us tonight could remember bad things that's happened to us this week. Maybe bad memories of things that you're still dealing with that someone said about you, or something did, or something like that, and it's just broke your heart, or or just put you through a really time of deep despair. We can focus on all of that if we wish to, but I think tonight that we should not just remember all the bad things and all the difficult things, but I think it'd do us good to remember the Lord. When you're in such a heavy time, maybe you're dealing with sickness or sadness or sorrow, the loss of a loved one or whatever it is. And sure, we must go through those things, we know that. But if we stay there continuously, you'll find yourself so robbed of joy, so robbed of the peace of the Lord. How many's ever been there? And you think, is there any reason to even live? Is there a reason to even go on? Yes, there is, there's many of them. But the main reason is, J-E-S-U-S that's right he is your main reason to keep right on living but if we remember all the other and we do not remember the Lord it's no wonder Satan wants us to do that because he knows it will pull down our spirit we will become so weary and so downtrodden and we think well I don't know if I can do it or not but isn't it amazing that if God can be able to shake our memory and we go to remember how good God has been to us. And we go to thinking about all the times that he's made a way, and you know how it is when you're going through a terrible time and you think, Lord, I don't know if I'll get through this one or not, i tell you, I don't know. And then somehow God brings you through it by his grace and you look back and think, wow, I wasn't sure if I was even gonna be able to do that one. But God, by his mercy, brought you through. And it's good to remember those times and know the God that was faithful faithful to you then will be faithful to you tomorrow. And he will be faithful next week and next month and as long as you're here and you need him, is that right? now i love the way that whenever we go to looking at it in the right way that peter said uh, that he wanted to stir up their pure minds by way of remembrance so there is a great power in remembering as long as it's the right thing now notice this he said we must remember him for remember once we were aliens and without God. Gentiles carried away with dumb idols. But remember, Christ died not for the Jew, but for every creature of Adam's fallen race. And the church said, as we come to remember him, At his spring of communion, at his spring of communion, it ought to remind us back of the time like Israel was in their journey. Now, he goes into this type, and of course you've heard it preached many times, but they were in the desert, and it seemed like that there was no way out. And God, I know it's his way, and it scares us sometimes, but he loves for us to get our back up against the wall, as it were, and the Red Sea in front of you and the Egyptians behind you. You can't go to the left, you can't go to the right. It seemed like there's no way out, and the Lord God will come and make a way when there is no way and it seemed like there was no way there was no water you got two and a half million people there there are no grocery stores there are no supply trains it's absolutely phenomenal I read where an army depot sergeant which was in charge of feeding the United States army and one day he sat down to figure out and calculate now this man was in charge of ordering food for the army of the United States so he sat down to calculate of how much food it would take to feed two and a half million people. How much water that it would take. It was train load after train load. Box cars completely full from one end to the other, from the bottom to the top. It was absolutely phenomenal. How many that it would take, and yet there wasn't a train around nowhere. There was no Walmart, there was no interstates to be able to truck it in. How did they get it? Almighty God provided it for. Them. There was no bottled water out in the desert, but God didn't get them a Culligan man, hey Culligan man, but God gave them the God man which become a rock in the wilderness out there. And the Bible says that rock followed them and that rock was Christ. So there they were, despairing and thinking, how in the world are we going to be able to make it through? And all of a sudden, Moses looked over and he said, was that rock there a minute ago? I don't think that rock was there, was it? I don't think it was. I don't think I saw it. And the Lord God gave him a rock, and he'd give him the directions of how to speak to that rock, and that rock supplied water for two and a half million. Can you imagine? Two and a half million people drinking, and all of their cattle, and all of their sheep, and all of their oxen, and everything else, why? They remembered the Lord. And when they remember the Lord, the Lord remembered them. When you remember God, God will remember you. Your friends may forget you in your greatest hour of need. Your best friend might not even call you and just say, why ain't they calling me? Why ain't so and so call me? But brother, sister, there's one that will never forget you. He will remember you when you're up. He will remember you when when you're down, he'll remember you when nobody seems to even care. And hallelujah, if you will remember him, he will remember you. Praise the Lord. Oh, the prophet said remembering Christ was our rock that was smitten to save a perishing world. A perishing Gentile, my, my, perishing Jew, perishing world, Christ gave forth life in his abundance that everybody that hunger and thirst. Oh, imagine whenever we have another setting there in the book, book of Genesis and it was of a woman that we all know very well by name. It was Hagar and her and her son had been driven out and we know that she had been given a, a skin, they didn't have water bottles the way we do today, but it would have been an animal skin and a little bit of bread, maybe a little bit of oil or wine, and a little bit of a, a skin, a goat skin more than likely, and she was given water, but the desert was long and it was hot and it was dry. That arid country is awful if you've never been there before. Your skin dries out, being out in that land. Every day when Carol and I was there, we would have to go back to the room and put lotion on on your hands and on your face, because it just seems like the air and everything, the sand and the dirt and the sun just takes the moisture right out of your body. And here she was with her son, and she had been driven away, it seemed like. The prophet said she cried, and she lamented. And her son began to cry, and here was a perishing child. She said she took the last drops and poured down her little son, and he began to cry out. And she could hear his cry, but she didn't have no more to give him. And she threw him a bow shot, which is about 100 yards away, and whenever she couldn't stand to see the little boy die. and she began to. Cry cry out, oh Lord God, oh God be merciful to me and my son in the time of need and trouble. And the spirit of God come down, amen. And God may have made a way. Now notice this, the prophet said, I think of the place that the Lord called at the well called Berlehorahoy, which means in the Hebrew tongue, the well of him that liveth and seeth me the well of him that liveth and seeth me. Now she didn't have time to hire somebody to come out and drill the well. She didn't have time to go see if she could get a water meter hooked up for the city. There wasn't no cities out there. But she called upon him whom she had been taught even though she was a Gentile, an Egyptian. She had heard the name of God worshiped. She had heard the deity of God praised in the camp where she was raised up, is that right? With Abraham. And notice what she does. She calls the name of this well after one of the great names of God. And she is identified in this, oh, I'm so glad that the Lord has still got this well open for us as the people of God. You imagine his little lips are parched and he's so dry that he can hardly go. I remember several years ago in Africa, I was there with Abyssal and we were hunting and he'd shot a big Cape buffalo, big gigantic Cape buffalo, and knocked her down and she got up and took off running and lions got in behind her and then we realized that the lions were actually uh, after us as well. So here we were after this herd of Cape Buffalo and here was this pride of lions and the guide saw it and saw the lions and the uh, the buffalo once they're shot they'll double back and they go looking for you because now they're pretty mad. So this uh, this wounded buffalo doubled back and started coming right back around us and whenever she did the lions come right back at us. Us again. Finally, she went around us, got among the herd, and then the the you know, it was it's absolute turmoil. And the herd shot, the brother shot, and whenever he did, then the lion, here come the buffalo everywhere. They was running all over us, headed straight for us, no trees, no nothing. And one of the brothers had enough about him to be able to shoot a gun up in the air three or four times and turn them. Now we were several miles away from the vehicle. We were several miles away from any help. I don't think I've ever been so thirsty in my life. It was so hot. It was so dry. We had walked and walked and Brother Biscoll had walked and put up a big thorn in the bottom of his foot. So he was just hobbling along. And we got so thirsty and so dry that he said, brothers, we cannot go any farther. The African brothers there pulled off a pod of a thing and they pulled it off of a tree. They took it down for us and they said, here, take this, take this. Well, we took that, Uh, to me it's like sucking on a sponge. What little bit of moisture I had left, it took it plumb out of my body. So I thought, I can't eat this thing. So we had to stay right there and wait. Well, some of the other brothers left and they went. And they has gone for quite a while because we were so far out. And here they come, we could see them and we just sat in there moving, not doing anything to exert any energy because of the loss of energy with the heat. And here they come with water and Cokes. I wasn't a Coke man, but i become a Coke fan. <laughs> I didn't care if it was knee high, I didn't care what it was. I was so glad to see something to drink, but there wasn't nothing. There wasn't nothing the way my soul was whenever the Lord God began to deal with me as a little boy. You remember when you were in that terrible state, lost without God or backslid, oh my, and the Spirit of God started dealing with your heart, and something started craving on the inside of you, and a thirst began to arouse within you, and all of a sudden you were pointed to this well of everlasting water. Let the Republicans do what they want to do. Let the Democrats do what they want to do. Let America do what they want to do. They'll never blow up our well. The devil will never take our well. It is our well. It is our place of communion. Hallelujah. Oh my. Praise the Lord. Oh, you imagine every time she'd remember that place. <laughs> Little Ishmael would say, Mama, tell me again. What'd you say the name of it was? Ber Leho Raoi. Ber Leho And Mama, what does that mean again? That means the well of him that liveth and seeth me. Well, let me tell you something. God renamed your well. And you don't have to worry about that complicated Hebrew name. It's a very simple name. It's only got five letters. And it's called Jesus. Hallelujah, the well of him that liveth and seeth me. I want you to notice, now Sarah had run around and we know it was the will of God. Abraham had made her leave. Everybody in the camp had forced her out. It seems she was totally forgotten by everybody, but not by the angel of God. Praise the Lord. She looked up and she saw the well bubbling. What a spring of refreshment. Barely holy, the well of him that liveth and seeth, him that can't die, Melchizedek, El Shaddai, hallelujah, him that liveth and seeth me knowing my needs. He remembered me and there, he remembered me as I remembered him. I wonder if we could be part of the reason why he don't come to us any more than he does. Because we're remembering what everybody else says and what everybody else does and what everybody else thinks and remember what this one said and what that one said and what that one said. And Jesus has said, do you remember me? You remember me, if you'll remember me, I'll remember you. Remember the thief on the cross? What did he say? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Did he say what we would identify today as the sinner's prayer? Lord Jesus, I pray you'll forgive my sins. The word is not even mentioned in the prayer. Right. He never said nothing about forgiveness. He never even said he was sorry. Yeah. That's right. Is that your Bible? Right. He never even said, oh God, forgive me, a sinner. I'll pray the sinner's prayer. He didn't know the sinner's prayer. No doubt, Brother Paul, he didn't know what to say. What did he say? Remember right. me. And when he said that, Jesus remembered him. You imagine when he went down to paradise and they said, how'd you get here? <laughs> well, I really don't know. I was at on paradise cross a few minutes ago, lost, dying without God. And I just simply asked him to remember me and he turned over and said, this day you'll be with me in paradise. I... Praise the Lord. He remembered Jesus, and Jesus remembered him. This is why we have hope of the resurrection. Every saint of God that dies is born of the Spirit of God. You know, imagine we're laying there, they're laying there, as they're passing, and we're holding their hand and all that. We don't have a clue what's going in their mind. You know, forever child of God, the last moments of their life. Oh, I've seen videos of it. I've stood by the dying beds of many of a saint of God and hear them on their last words. Meet me over the. meet me there, oh thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Or is our sister Brown, oh wow, oh wow. Some of her favorite words were, uh huh, (laughs) uh huh, oh boy. I can't wait to hear that again, I miss her so bad. Oh, what did she see, what did she see? How Napoleon would love to trade places with her. How Hitler, Eichmann, how they love to trade places with that dear child of God. And when she got ready to cross over, Jesus remembered her, why? She remembered him. You see, when we remember him, he remembers us. Thank you, Lord God. I love this quote in paragraph 51. Oh, could we apply that in the hour's message right now, this day now, when the desert of the churches, the denominations and the social gospel preachers and the fashions of the world has creeped in and has denominated and broke up and then so to think that there stands again tonight as the well of him that liveth and seeth me. This is why I am not giving up the message. Yeah. It is my well. Yeah. Barely a whole right away. It is him that see it. Not him that used to see. Not him that used to heal the sick. Not him that used to. Oh no. It's the him that is. Yeah. The I am that I am. Don't you understand? This message is our fresh well. Yeah. Praise God. That's what remembering Christ should mean to the worshiper. This is our visitation time. Let's remember Christ that he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13.8. Don't wait till some regions yonder in the damned. In that dimension where you cannot go in the presence of God and your time is up on the earth. In the nightmare of horror. You'll remember you had your opportunity. Part of the punishment of the lost will be reliving church services. You imagine being tormented for hundreds or thousands of years. And you're not tormented with rock and roll. You're not tormented with jazz or blues. You're tormented with Harry Reagan. You're tormented with Brother Philip, Brother Louie. These preachers preaching, singers singing. Every day in hell, a church service. Me making the altar call. But in hell, you can't respond. No, brother, sister, no. I don't want to remember it that way. Praise the Lord. I want to remember how sweet it is. I want to remember the fellowship, don't you? I want to remember when I responded, not when I turned it down. Remember when the Jesus gave the parable of Lazarus and the rich man and in hell, he lifted up his eyes. And whenever the voice come back and said, you in your lifetime were comforted. Now Lazarus is tormented. Remember in your lifetime, in hell, they have perfect memory they'll remember every time they call Brother Branham a false prophet. You see these folks that have left the message? They'll remember everything they've posted on YouTube and on Facebook. He's a liar, he's this, that, the other. They'll relive it, relive it, their fingers typing it in. We're gonna choose what we wanna remember. Well, praise the Lord, I choose not to do such because I ain't done it and I ain't gonna plan on it. I choose to remember the Calvary. I choose to remember me giving my heart to the Lord as a 12 year old boy. Come on, saints. I choose to remember the Lord God speaking to me one night as I crossed the Wolf Creek Dam, you've heard me tell it before, and as I come across that dam over by myself, and I was coming through there and I felt a strange presence as I came across the dam, and I couldn't drive no more, so I pulled over on the left hand side of the road, still take tell you exactly where it was at. Take you there to this very day. And as I sat there shaking and trembling in the presence of the Lord, and I heard an audible voice in the back of the car where I was at and he spoke out to me. I called you, chose you, ordained before the foundation of the world Now remember, I didn't believe in ordination. I didn't believe in call before the foundation of the world. I didn't believe in predestination, but when I didn't believe it, God still did. Amen. Amen, aren't you glad when you didn't believe the truth, he believed it and he knew you would believe it. He said, I have led you, and I will lead you to greater light. Wasn't too long after that, the message came our way. Omar, listen to this. In the nightmare of horror, you'll remember you had your opportunity and you turned it away. Let the young people take notice to this. Let all take notice. You see, people will remember. Oh my. So if I've got a choice, I'd rather remember me giving my heart to him. Brother Don, don't you have no regrets? Oh, i got plenty of regrets, but they none of them involved. The Lord Jesus, they all involved me. I don't regret not one day I've ever lived for him. I don't regret a mile. Oh, my, Brother Darrell was telling me the other day that he drove over a million miles, something like that, right out a million miles to preach the gospel. You imagine, I pass trucks all the time, you see them on the interstate, and they'll have these signs on the side of the door, uh, a million miler. Well, that means that they've drove for whatever trucking line it is. Oh, but I want to be standing near when the million miler walks up there before the throne of God and the presence of God. Hallelujah! All those souls that he's won to the Lord Jesus, all of those people that have been healed, All of those things, now the Lord will say, I remember what you've done for me, Dale. Now I remember you. Hallelujah! He'll remember us, saints. Paragraph 68. What about Judas? What has he to remember him by? We're talking about remembering the Lord. My and Harry's sister, Cheryl, passed away. You remember about three months ago. One of her daughters asked me if I'd like to have something to remember about. I said, I would. I loved her so much. So when I went down to her funeral, her daughter brought me one of her rings. It was her favorite ring. And me and Carol was looking at it the other day and I felt so sad because that was Cheryl's ring. I remember, I remembered. It's funny how we see certain things and it reminds us of people. And the Lord Jesus has permanently placed a mark on everybody's memory that's ever known of him. Now the mark itself will be reflected by the choice of the individual soul. But in time, I'll heal of the loss of my sister. And I'll look at that ring and it won't hurt as bad. And it'll start bringing good memories. I bought my daddy a gun several years ago and holster a little 22. Daddy was like me, or I was like him, I should say. He was a cowboy wannabe. (laughs) Man, he had a pair of cowboy boots and he had this gun, I mean, it. You know, it wasn't that fancy of a gun, but a 22 chrome-plated, pearl-looking handles on it. And I bought him a holster and a well. I mean, you talking about looking like John Wayne, not. (laughs) Maybe Festus or something. (laughs) Uh Oh, y'all done telling on yourself tonight. I've still got daddy's belt it's in my drawer at home in my closet where I get my clothes out and every time I open that bottom drawer I see it and it's got Don his name opened it today he's been gone all these years when I pulled that drawer open I saw that belt and this sadness, just, whew. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What was it? A memory. And that memory run in on dendrites in my brain, attached to my emotions, and it made me feel really sad. But I'm so glad when I think about Jesus. I don't think of horror, praise the Lord. I don't think of damnation and separation And when I think of Jesus, I don't think of it this way. I sold him out. But you see, in hell, Judas Iscariot will constantly remember Jesus. And no doubt, hear the clatter of the 30 pieces of silver. As he comes back and throws it at the priest, and they said, We don't want nothing to do with that. We don't want that blood money. Bunch of hypocrites. So they take and buy the potter's field, the field called Akeladama. Akeladama, that's the name of it, where they could bury the poor folks. You imagine how many times Judas will relive that. Bet you? Some young girl that'll sell Jesus out for sexy clothes. Some young boy that'll sell him out for alcohol or drugs. Some preacher that'll sell him out to get a higher position. Well, come on, saints. What about Judas? What was he to remember him by? We're talking about remembering the Lord. Judas tonight until he's no more. Judas. Until he's no more. One day Judas will cease to exist. In the regions of the lost. He will be annihilated. But until he does. He'll be remembering Jesus. He will have to remember that he sold his birthrights. He sold Jesus. For personal gain. He sold his Lord after he had the opportunity to even be a disciple, to be an apostle. Now, this is hard on us message, folks, in our theology, but I'm going to go ahead and read this quote. The highest calling in the Bible, higher than a prophet. Well, come on. He had the opportunity to be an apostle. And now he has to remember that. So in the regions of the lost, he still remembers. I could have been an apostle. I could have been a disciple. It ain't thinking about I got drunk. It ain't thinking about, boy, the pleasure I had in the world. It'll be thinking you turned down your chance. An altar call. But turn it around now, what if you accept it? Then on the other side, a book of remembrance is written for you. Is that what the Bible says? Yes, in the Old Testament, that there is a book of memory, a book of remembrance that is written for you. God, don't forget what you do. As Paul said in the New Testament, that God is not unmindful to forget your work and your labor of love. He said, do you remember the rich man and Lazarus? What was their last eternal stage at? The one was a beggar and the other was a rich. The picture changed one day and both of them could remember. So people tonight holler about Judas that sold him for personal gain and so many do the same thing today, sell him for personal gain. You imagine the priest will also remember. Caiaphas will remember. The Sanhedrin will remember that they bought false witnesses. They won't remember it one time. It will haunt them every day in the regions of the lost. We still believe in hell here, right? I'm still a hell fire and brimstone preacher. I'm trying to keep every one of you out of it. I want you to walk down the streets of God not have your hide burn off in hell. I want you to remember when you remember Happy Valley, when you remember Brother Donnie, when you remember the saints of God, I want you to remember with pleasant memories. It was under that ministry God set me free. It was under that preacher that God delivered me. It was going to that church, and I got that devil cast out of me. It was in that church I got the Holy Ghost. It was in there, praise God, I got sealed. To the day of redemption, I remember. Let me hurry. Look at this in paragraph 89. Oh, I'd like to say something, he says. If I can forget what I was and remember what he is. Aren't you glad that he, praise God, was able to take what you was when who you was met who he was and he changed you forever. Who you were, he changed you to who he is by his great presence. Amen, as long as you're holding to that brother, sister, he'll never forget you and you will never forget him. Those of you that have lost us, oh, will they forget us? Will they forget us? Absolutely not. Brother Branham, will I love my wife in the resurrection. He said, you will love her more then than you love her now. You will know even as you are known and we will reunite together again. Why? Because we both remember the same thing. Can you imagine the saints of God when we are raised in a moment in a twinkling of an eye and they go to looking around and said, there's brother so-and-so, there's sister so-and-so and so-and-so. Brother Darrell, preacher, you're to us the other night. My goodness, all them, the UFOs everywhere. I wonder, friend, what's going on? The prophet said, don't worry about it, little children. One of these days, one of them's gonna drop down, and he said, there won't be hiding their bones nor hair left behind, but you're gonna be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Why? Because you remember Calvary. You remember Pentecost day and Jesus says I won't forget you I'll remember you your body may be nothing but dust and ashes but he knows where you are if I can remember Jesus if I can remember him at the cross if I can remember what he done for me if I can remember the hour he washed away my sins and give me the Holy Spirit to guide me Then I'm lifted up above everything that holds this earth, can you imagine? So you go to remembering all that, it lifts you up. It ain't no wonder the devil don't want us to think about this. I'm lifted up above every earthly thing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus where I can fellowship with him, there in his presence, forgetting what I ever was forgetting all my sins and everything because they're in the sea of? Now that's one thing I don't mind God forgetting about me. I don't mind at all God forgetting me that I ever was that old man. And as a matter of fact, if you come in there tonight by the blood of the Lord Jesus, he done cast your sins in the depths of the sea and they're still going, he don't even ever remember you of being anything that a child of God. He don't remember you lost, he don't remember smoking, he don't remember you running around in the world, all he remembers of you is you are his, and he is yours, hallelujah. You remember him, and he remembers you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. (sighs) (sighs) Forgetting all my past forgetting everything and remember that he made me his own by his own death. He took my place that I had no right to go nowhere but to hell and he went there for me and he lifted me up by his grace abundance until now we're sons and daughters of God and set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, ever rejoicing and remembering him who bought us safe thus far. Paragraph 91, remember Jesus when the barrel gets empty at the house. When there's no more flour, remember Jesus. Well, I heard this week where they're saying there's gonna be a shortage of ketchup. Don't y'all go out there and buy it all tomorrow, and i save me a bottle, all like that that stuff. There's gonna be a shortage of tomato sauce, and there's gonna be a shortage of this and a shortage of that. You know, a thousand people have been killed in the last couple of days in Pakistan because of the floods. Millions of people have been misplaced in the country of Pakistan. Over half of the country has been flooded. A little girl today, or yesterday one, heard Carol listen to it on the Weather Channel, got killed by a piece of hail the bigger than a baseball bigger than a baseball, all these horrific things that are happening around the world, and we can sit around and recall what Fox said and what CNN says, if you want to, we better go to remembering Jesus said, pray you that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that's gonna come upon the earth and stand before the Son of Man. I'm not looking for a tribulation period. I'm looking for a body change. I'm looking for a rapture. I remember the words of my Lord, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. I remember what he said. (sighs) Remember Jesus, when the barrel gets empty at the house, when there's no more flour. Several years ago when Brother Mike Wall's grandfather was supposed to go preach somewhere, didn't have no gas, he remembered Jesus, poured water in the tank. If he needed wine, he can make wine, but he didn't really need wine, he needed gas. If the Lord God can turn water into wine and turn water into gas. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Remember Jesus when the barrel gets empty at the house when there's no more fire. Remember Jesus when the doctor says there's no more chance. Amen. Remember Jesus when the devil is tempting you. Remember Jesus remembering that he will come again. The same Jesus that was taken away from us, return again in like manner. As we all have seen him going to heaven, remember he will return for those of his own. Let's stand. Let's jump down here just a little bit. Brothers, paragraph 101, I love this quote. Do you remember him? You love him? Now I was thinking, our little broken message, we might say this. Paul said, Whatever we do, we do in the Spirit. In all things, we should remember him. Let's not make a decision until we remember him. Let's do nothing because it'll be rational. If the enemy smites you on one side of the cheek, let's remember what he did before we smite back. Let's remember his action. If there's a decision to be made, let's wait. Remember what kind of decision we think he would make. Then let that be our decision. If we get hasty, let's remember he never was in a hurry. Some of my biggest mistakes has been when I felt like I was in a hurry and I had to hurry up and make a decision. Anybody else here? Oh. Yeah. That's why he wants to do that. Now, can you imagine the prophet saying, let that have a decision? Let's not be If we get hasty, let's remember, he never was in a hurry. Wow. If we get over anxious, remember he dwells in eternity. Time means nothing to Him. What do you say we remember Him? Yes. now, not just in these elements that we're fixing to take, but when we walk out of here, let's take this and remember it. Let's just bow our heads if you would. We're going to search our hearts now. and Paul has told us in the Scripture that let a man examine himself. And then don't let him get up and walk out. But let a man examine himself. And see if there's anything there that needs to be made right. And if there is, make it
1: right. And then let him eat. So you pray for those standing near you, your brothers, sisters, your, maybe your wife, your children, your husband, whatever it is. They're praying for you.
0: You, Father, now just read again if you would. If you have your Bible there, you can read it on the screen. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often, as oft rather, as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do shew the Lord's death till he come. I mean, many wants to be able to not only show it here tonight But when you walk out these doors, I am the proof that he raised from the dead. God bless you. You may be seated. Deacon brothers, if you'll come.
1: Help the people now. Brothers, we'll get something ready for them there.
0: In case anybody's worried, gloves. Don't do that.
1: We know how that old devil is. and He likes to make people all worried and fret, but we want to try to take care of you for that tonight in case, in case you'd be worried about him. Lord Jesus,
0: We lift the lids off of this and the aroma of it, Lord, rises up. I smell the strength, the power. Brother Jimmy was telling me before service, Brother Darrell and myself, some of this wine, 10 years old, that he made got stronger and stronger. Yet the blood of the Lord Jesus, hallelujah, after all these thousands of years, It's as powerful tonight as it ever was. Dear God, sanctify this wine for its intended use. We believe there's healing in the communion. And we speak to Satan tonight in the name of Jesus. As the sick come through this line, they're remembering he was whipped so they could be healed. May miracles transpire tonight, Lord Jesus, as they eat of this bread and drink of this little cup. Granted, I pray, Father, in Jesus' name.
1: Dear God, these little portions of bread. As I come up the steps today or the stairs and
0: Carol in the kitchen there making it and then tearing it apart and praying, singing, listening to tapes and stuff. Or Jesus, it's to represent your broken body. There's different shapes, different sizes. That's the way we are in the body. As they press this little bread to their lips tonight, may they remember the Lord. May they remember they are set free from sin because of what you did. Sanctify this bread, Father. In Jesus' name.
1: The remaining portion of this bread will be burned before the dawn Let's remember him in another face. St. John 13, Supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas, the son and son, to betray him. Jesus owned that the Father had given all things into his hands. he was come from God rousing from suffering. really washed. hell